Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to the fan. Lori Rubinson here with you. NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, I guess it is finally officially over, but um, it's a good time to take stock of the NBA season, um, take stock of the New York Knicks. Also, we've got a couple weeks until March Madness starts, so thought who better to have on right now than Zach Braziller from the New York Post, and we'll talk some basketball. Hey, Zach, how are you? What's up, Lori? How are you? Um, the, uh, oh, yeah. All Star Weekend. Let's just uh, <laughs> let's just skip it, huh? I know. I, my my producer earlier, uh, Connor Green, and I were just talking about that. I mean, it's like the NFL has, uh, you know, now has flag football and water balloon contests um, with the NBA. You know where they really killed me tonight? They were so excited about their um, live draft. I, ser- I'm not even kidding. I think I would prefer to watch somebody like like paint dry. It was it was boring, annoying. Yeah, it's. I, I'm not a fan of all star games. You know, in any sport, it. You know, it's funny after the game, you had Mike Malone saying it was the worst game ever played, and <laughs> you had players ripping it and. Uh, it's. I'm just glad it's over. Let's yeah. get let's get yeah. on to the second uh, half of this season. I agree. Uh, yeah. No, it's, it's a waste. But anyway, all right. So Knicks at the break. Um, let's talk about this Knicks team, which I know you've been. Um, you know, obviously, I've been reading some of your stuff in the post. I have to say, I also enjoy your. Um, you seem to have a little bit of a rapport with um, Knicks head coach Tom Thibodeau. Um, I don't know. There used to be the uh, the Mark Berman, you know, kind of jokes and things like that. But but Tibbs seems okay about answering your questions. How have you found uh, Tom Thibodeau? I like him. I mean, look, he he's set in his ways. He he doesn't give you a lot, but he you know he I think he has more personality than you know than people give give him credit for. The other day, I asked him what his plans were for. Uh, uh, the the break and he said I'm going to Club Tarrytown you know like <laughs> stuff like that I, I I think he has more personality than maybe people realize and we all know the Knicks you know restrict access and there's you know there's only so much time in front of him and the players you get but yeah look I, I like Thibodeau I think he's a good coach I think he you know I I'm not saying he's a top five coach in the NBA but I think he's at the worst middle of the pack and look he's done a good job this year I don't think you could say anything otherwise that he is. I think he's done. He's put. His, he's got his team in a pretty good spot here. So, one of the keys, obviously, has been Jalen Brunson, and the Knicks sign him. You know, 
to be their point guard. And um, a lot of conversation now that at the time people saying, hey, did the Knicks overpay? And now here we are with a contract a little over $100 million four years. And what impact has Jalen, you know, having a competent point guard? But beyond that, Jalen Brunson himself, what impact has he made on the Knicks? You know, the, the numbers are obviously really good and, and better than I think anyone could have expected. But it, to me, it goes way beyond numbers. Mm-hmm. He's a leader. You know, after I think after almost every loss, he blames himself, whether he's played great or not. He, he puts it on himself. After wins, he defers credit. He's a look, he's a real leader. And, and he, you know, Julius Randle has said it. Tibbs has said it. They both credited have credited Brunson's presence with the year Randall has had. They they have a pretty good they have a pretty good bond, a pretty good relationship as well. I, he's been so important just just in terms of kind of setting the culture and you know and being that guy. He's you know he's always available to the media. He's just so he's just so accountable for you know even when stuff really isn't his fault. You know he puts it on himself, and I think that goes a long way in the locker room and with teammates. He's not the fastest guy out there, and he's you know certainly doesn't jump the highest. Um, what you know? What are some of the elite skills that you know on the season? Jalen Brunson averaging almost twenty four points a game, but uh, the last I don't know I think it's like twenty two games or something like that he's averaging over thirty points a game. What you know? How has he found this this other gear, and what are some of the elite skills? He's just. He's just so incredibly smart. You know, you, you, you saw it at Villanova um, as well. He just he is just has such a high basketball IQ where he's he's you know he's always feels like he's always a step or two you know ahead of the defender. I mean, we saw it the other night where he absolutely torched uh, Dejounte Murray, who's one of the best defenders in the league. You know, he he could take you in the post. He he, he has a terrific mid range game. His three point shot has been you know over forty one percent. He's just he you know he he knows exactly what he wants to do on the court. You know he 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 has spots he wants to get to, and you know everything is to to get to those spots, and everything is kind of thinking ahead. You know he he knows exactly what he wants to do. You know before it happens, and I think that's you know you know it's kind of like in baseball where hitters go up there with a plan. He's got a plan every possession. You know he he's just he's just so smart. That I that really just you know he, well like you're right he's not a great he's really not a great athlete you know he's not a big jumper he's not super quick he just he just understands the game so well that I, I think is is really just kind of makes up for maybe some of those athletic shortcomings. Yeah, and I, I guess you know we we talk often um, somebody's the son of a coach or they, you know, grew up, whatever, you know, in his case, son of an NBA player and all the lessons that I, you know, had to have been passed down. Um, and that just elite basketball IQ, um, what, you know, you can tell that you mentioned Julius Randall, you can tell that all, all of his Knicks teammates enjoy playing with Jalen Brunson, but the level of happiness from Brunson himself when we saw the trade being announced that that, uh, Josh Hart, his former Villanova teammate, was coming to the Knicks. Um, 
you know, what have you seen from those two guys and the that sort of impact on team chemistry of having those two guys uh, around each other? You know, yeah, I mean, I think part of what why Brunson was so happy is because he knows he know you know he's been through it with Hart before. He knows exactly what you're getting out of him. He knows, you know, obviously they're very good friends from their times on over, but he knows he, he's been through it. He won a national championship together, and I think what part of what made him so happy was. Josh Hart's a guy who's going to do anything it takes to win. And that's obviously Brunson is the same way. All he wants to do is win. And I think part of what made him so happy is having another guy here who kind of thinks and, and plays the game the same way, same way as him. You know, Hart, when they made the trade and, you know, you talked to Tibbs uh, about Hart, it was, it was like, you know, even before the first game, you could tell Tibbs was just so thrilled because he's Hart's the exact kind of player he loves. You know, he he's, he he'll, he gives you max effort. He's a really good defender. He, you know, makes the extra pass. He's not worried about stats. You know, he's he's just a winning player. And and we've seen that already. You know, he's he's closed out all three games. He's scored in double figures in all three games. You know, the one the one really interesting thing to me is he wasn't shooting a lot of threes in Portland. It, it was he was having a career worst year as a three point shooter. He was only averaging about two two attempts a game. He comes here, and I believe the first three games he's tempted 14 threes. And you know, one thing he told me was, you know, in Portland he wasn't really that involved in the offense, and he's not really a catch and shoot guy, so he wasn't comfortable taking a lot of threes. And here at the Knicks, they've been using him a lot in, in different actions, triple handoffs, and and stuff like that. And so he feels more comfortable taking threes. And look, he's you can already see it. He he, he makes a difference. You know he. He, he really fits into what they want to do. And, I mean, I thought going into the deadline, Leon Rose needed to do something. I, you know, it wasn't, you know, we weren't talking about giving up million picks, but he needed to do something to improve this team. They deserved it. And I think he really did, you know, with getting hard. He only traded, you know, he traded a pick, traded Cam Reddish. But I think getting hard really helps this team and, and, you know, could really maybe get them over the hub to get to that five or six seed. Yeah, right now they are um, slightly into the six and two games behind the Brooklyn Nets for that five seed. The Nets obviously a very different team than they've been. Um, but, you know, you mentioned that uh, a chance to get to the, uh, you know, to, to be that five or six seed. What, you know, now I know it's it's three games with, with Josh Hart. It's, you know, too soon to have any idea, you know, where, what, uh, what the ceiling potentially is. But do you think, um, especially with there being young players on the roster, is there some more upside for this Knicks team? What would be success for you, or what do you think is the possibilities for this uh, this Knicks team? Yeah, look, they're, they're getting Mitchell Robinson back, and mm-hmm. they're just, he, you know, he changes them defensively. Uh, that's obviously going to be a big, a big thing, and R.J. Barrett has really not had a good month here. And I, you know, we, you look at his history, he usually finds a way to, to come out of these slumps. So I, I, I think the Knicks are going to get better. I, I do. I think the Knicks, um, you know, you look at the last 12 games before the break, nine of those games were against the season winning records. They went eight, eight and four that stretch. And that was without Robinson. That was with Barrett struggling. And you only had Hart for the last three games. I, you know, I predicted, um, in, in Sunday's paper, that I think the Knicks are going to finish fifth. You know, I, I, they, them, the Knicks, the Heat, and the Nets all kind of have the same schedule around the seventh hardest winning percentage of opponents. I think the Knicks are going to get into that spot. Um, and then when you look at the playoffs, look, I, 
I, they're, whether it's the Cavs or the Sixers, whoever they play, they're going to be a big underdog. But I think just for the Knicks to get to that point, get to the major or the playoffs for the second time in three years would, it be, would be a successful season. You know, let's mention, they have a lot of young players. Daniel Quickly's having by far the best year of his career. You know, Brunson's only 26. Hart's 27. You know, Randall's not even 30 yet. Um, Mitchell Robinson is, tw- you know, is 24. They have a ton of youth on this team to where maybe they do have more upside. Um, but to me, the key right now is there's no reason they cannot finish fifth at the worst sixth. Get into that mid run and, you know, take your shot. Mm-hmm. Um. Talking to Zach Braziller from the Post, you mentioned R.J. Barrett. You said he'd been in a slump for a month. I think that Barrett, R.J. Barrett, is a guy that I think some Knicks fans are unhappy with because he is not Donovan Mitchell, and they wanted that trade made, and it was not made. And you know he's a Nick, and I think there are some Knicks fans that are upset about that. What would you say to Knicks fans about R.J. Barrett and? You know, how do you, yeah, there's the last month was a slump, but how how do you judge R.J. Barrett right now, um, kind of the season in general and where he's at in his career? You know, I think you look at it in two ways. Um, one, I think he's, look, he's a shrieky player. That's just, that's just kind of who he is. You know, he's, he starts season slow. And then, like, look, look at this year. He had about a four- to five-week period where he was absolutely fantastic. He was shooting the three well. He, you know, he he was defending, and then he, you know, he hurt his finger, and really hasn't quite been the same since he's back. And the other way to look at it is, and I think we forget this: he's 22. You know, it, it's not like he's 28 or 29, and he's going through these peaks and valleys. He's still he's still only 22 years old. You know, we forget he only went to college for one year, and he's a guy. There, there are two things I really like about Barrett. He's a very he's very accountable. You know mm-hmm. he, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't make he doesn't make excuses he you know he's always there to, you know to to own it mm-hmm. number one and number two he's not scared of the moment he could be struggling and he will still take the shot now the pessimists will say well I don't want him taking the shot <laughs> but I do think it's important for a guy especially on this stage not to let struggles get into his head and not to be afraid you know I. We saw it in that Boston game uh, a few weeks ago where he wasn't having a good game and he stepped up and he hit a big three. I believe it was an overtime. And I think that is a very important thing for a young player that, that's not going to get their confidence shaken. Um, you know, I think that's something sometimes maybe that we get overlooked. Another young player for the Knicks, Quentin Grimes, um, while I think neither of us are, are big fans of All-Star Weekend, um, he did dominate in that Rising Stars game um, at All-Star Weekend. And, you know, nobody's going to say that he has a better future than Pablo Banquero or something like that, but I understand it's an exhibition. You see something like that, and, um, I, you know, he's a player. You know, what do you, what do you think um, kind of the next step or evolution or uh, kind of ceiling is for Quentin Grimes? You know, he kind of had a weird year. He missed the first month with the foot injury. He he was very good for a long stretch. And now the last, you know, few weeks he's really struggled with his shot. You know, consistency is 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 so important for him because he's a he is a terrific defender. He's one of the he's probably the next best perimeter defender. He is one of the, you know, more advanced young young league defenders in the league. And we all know the NBA, if you can't guard wings, you're gonna have a tough time stopping teams. So he's look, he's gonna be a important part of this team. 
But one thing that he's he's got to get more consistent knocking down that three. I think he's down to around thirty four percent, and the Knicks believe he's a much better shooter than that. I, I think he is too. Um, you know, and the other thing, I, I, he makes good decisions with the ball. You'd like to see the Knicks kind of involve him more in the offense mm-hmm. instead of him have you know standing out there in the corner, you know, just to stretch the defense. We all know he can shoot the three, and and, and they do need that court space. But I do think there's more playmaking in there. If they, you know, when he's when he's more involved, but he's another guy. I, when you mentioned the young Knicks team, I mean, he's second year. You know, he's a 25th pick, and he's shown that he's he's an NBA player. He's a rotation player, and he's a really good defender. That you know, guys with size who can guard and shoot threes are you know, so valuable in the NBA. Talking to Zach Braziller, talking basketball. We're talking Knicks at the All Star break, but let's turn to college hoops now and. I call you uh, Slash because you kind of cover everything. <laughs> um, you're a triple threat. but uh, So let's start off with um, when I said I was going to have you on, there were, um, it won't surprise you, there were a few St. John's fans out there who were, um, you know, kind of asking for a friend uh, what would happen <laughs> this season. But um, so some of the questions are, you know, one was uh, from one of our one of my listeners, is it a foregone conclusion that St. John's is making a coaching change after the season? And if yes, um, where do you think they will look or should look for the next coach? Yeah, I, I expect them to make a change. It, Mike Anderson, it's his fourth year. They're not going to make the postseason, barring a, you know, a stunning run in the, in the Big East tournament. The last two years, they had probably NCAA tournament talent, and they're not going to end up coming close. He's 63 years old. It, they have to make a change. I know he's owed a lot of money. It's buyouts around, supposed to be around 10 million, but they, they have to. They have to make a change. Um, I think they will make a change. And look, if it was me, I would go hire Rick Pitino. Everything you hear is the higher ups of the school will not do that. I know one, one coach they do like a lot is Oklahoma State's Mike Boynton. He's a Brooklyn guy. Now, I don't know if they can afford that. I don't even know if Mike Boynton would want to come back home. I think they're going to end up going the mid-major route and, you know, looking for a young coach. Their president, uh, Brian Shanley, that's what he did at, at, at Providence. He found Ed Cooley. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of, you know, St. John's needs their Ed Cooley. Yeah. So I do think they end up going the mid-major route when all is said and done unless you just see a sea change in the hierarchy with Rick Pitino. Um, but that, yeah, I think that's kind of the way it goes. And look, it's, it's a very frustrated fan base. They're, they have every right to be frustrated. This program has not won an NCAA tournament game since 2000. The last two years should have been better. I, you know, I thought Mike Harrison did a good job his first two years. And then for whatever reason, these last two years are just, everything is just falling off a cliff for him. And you know, he might be at the end of his road at the end of his road at the end of the road of his coaching career at this point. When you look at just kind of the results we've seen here, he's not a local guy. I think that's you're going to look at someone who who has some local ties here. But it's going to be very interesting to just to see where they go here. There are a lot of big schools that are going to be out for coaches as well. Can't can't forget that. So you also wrote a story this weekend for the Post about St. John's and. Uh, they have a couple of, you know, it's not just the losing, but then you have a couple of key players who are, at least at the moment, not playing for them. And whether they're suspended or something's going on, um, some uh, they're not saying what the issue is, but uh, but they're not playing. 
And so can you shed any light on, on what's going on and why this is happening? Yeah, so the two players are Andre Curbelo, who was a, uh, he played Illinois last year. He was a high profile transfer. You know, it, it just kind of hasn't worked here. There were some disciplinary issues a few weeks ago. Um, and it's kind of more kind of, kind of silly disciplinary stuff has crept up. And now the other, the other player is sophomore Rafael Pinzone, who actually went to high school with Curbelo at Long Island Lutheran. Pinzone was critical on, on social media of, you know, of the coaching while defending, you know, uh, a national team coach of his who lost his job. Um, that's kind of where it is right now. The St. John's has declined to really go into what the issue is. And, you know, look, it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to be having players suspended and, you know, um, kind of have this sideshow. You know, as, a, as an aside, yesterday, Andre Curbelo actually came into the media room before the game. He was, with, he was still with the team. And, you know, I asked him why was he was suspended. He said he didn't know. Um, okay. so that, that's just another, that's just another bizarre layer to a season that has clearly gone off the rails. Yeah. Um, all right. So when we look ahead, you know, here we are late, uh, late Feb, um, getting into March soon. How would you characterize Rutgers season so far for sticking with um, another one of the locals? Um, characterize the season and what what sort of potential do you see for them um, in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, you know, look, they've they've had some they've had some tough injuries. You know, one of their best players, Caleb McConnell, didn't didn't play on, on Saturday. Um, another player is out for the year. But look, they're they're going to make the NCAA tournament a third straight year has never happened in program history. A few weeks ago, I thought they really had a shot to like, to be a sweet 16 team. They, they've had some losses where it's likely they're probably going to find themselves somewhere in the eight to nine or even 10 seed range, which makes it much, much more difficult. Mm-hmm. I do think they can win a tournament game. I think one is probably the most you could expect right now. I feel like they're, they're probably a score short. You know, they're a very good defensive team. You know, McConnell's uh, a, a terrific defender. You know, Paul Mulcahy kind of runs the show for them, at, you know, as a, as a point forward. Um, Cliff Omarui, the big kid, is, is, has really improved. I just think they're a little short scoring. And once you get into the tournament, and once you, especially after you get past the first round, they're going to face someone really, really good. But look, it, what, what, what Steve Peichel has done there is just remarkable. You know, to, to make them now almost where it's, you know, an annual thing they're making the NCAA tournament, their recruiting is really improving. It, what he's, you know, and that's the thing, you know, I, I, I think of Rutgers and to a lesser extent Seton Hall, and it's just, you know, you just you, you kind of try to figure out why it's been so hard for St. John's. Because all it takes is one coach to just figure things out. Rutgers was miserable for three decades, yep. and they found the right coach, and he turned. That's that's all you need in college basketball is that coach who just knows what he's doing, and you know has a plan, and you're going to win. You, maybe you're not going to win necessarily national championships or final fours, but you should be able to make the tournament. You know, two out of every three years. You know, Kevin Willard did it at Seton Hall. Steve Peichel's doing it at Rutgers. There's no reason St. John's can't find that. Yeah, that's what I used to wonder year after year with Rutgers. I I covered actually. Um for a local radio station, uh, Rutgers back in the um, uh, Gary Waters into Fred Hill 
uh, years oh, there. Wow. And, um, and, and just since then, you know, just watching it year after year, and you would wonder and say to yourself, like, it's just, you just have to get, you know, get that coaching hire right. And, like, how is it that Rutgers, with the resources they have in New Jersey, um, keep a few recruits home? How can you not win there? And it just never happened. It never clicked. And, uh, and now with, with Steve Peichel, I don't know that there is a, a nicer gentleman um, in the coaching profession. And to see him be able to do this, um, you know, just really is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's wonderful to see. And as you said, it's a model there for St. John's. Just find the right guy and, you know, it can be done. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's college, you know, it's, it's the NBA, you need the stars. In college, you just need the coach. I think it's pretty, I, it might sound simple, but I think it really is. Yeah. The last one before I let you go, I was watching um, Purdue uh on Sunday today, this afternoon, and watching them uh, dominate is I'm watching Zach Eady and thinking, you know, number one, I'm assuming he is kind of by far the favorite to win the, um, you know, men's player of the year award this year. But watching him, he's a terrific college player. Do you see him having um, a future in the NBA? Um, Look, he's going to get a shot in terms of being a rotation. I, I don't, I don't, I don't quite see it. It's just the way the NBA is now. We're like all the centers are guys who can guard on the perimeter. A lot of them are guys who can shoot on the perimeter, mm-hmm. who can handle. You know, now there are obviously exceptions like a Mitchell Robinson, but he's looked. He can guard on the perimeter. Yeah, and elite, and he's you know an elite yeah. defender, and the and as you said, can guard in the perimeter with the, with the uh, foot speed there. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough on him. I mean, I remember a few years ago, Luke Garza, mm-hmm. um, and he's played a little of the NBA. He's been been in the G League. It's just the way the way the way it is now. It's the the traditional, you know, plotting big guy. Yeah, is just kind of just doesn't exist anymore. You know, it just doesn't really have a role in the league. Look, I'm sure he's going to get a shot. There's no doubt about it. He'll be at summer league. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets drafted in the second round, mm-hmm. but. He he's gonna have to just. I just don't know if he can improve athletically enough to where he can guard um, in the NBA. It's just it's gonna be really tough for him. Yeah, it's funny. You're right. It's an, it shows how the league has changed. Seven foot four and uh, player of the year. You know, and we're saying, but you know, I'm looking at him going. I just don't know if there's an NBA uh, career, you know, uh, successful career there or not. Zach Braziller. From the near post, Slash, he does it all, covers it all, and uh, our local expert on college basketball covering the Knicks now as well. Really appreciate the time. We'll catch up with you soon. My pleasure, Lori. Have a good night. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.